Good to see you guys, and uh, just you've already been welcomed, but let me just do that again. Uh, we're so glad to have you here at uh, both of our campuses, and we're, we're just glad to have those that are joining us online as, as well, and uh, hope that you, you've come today expecting a blessing. If you did, give God a praise clap. If you didn't, don't. <laughs> North Star is a place where... Everybody's welcome. Nobody is perfect, and you said it. And so we're glad that you're here, and when you leave today, anything's possible will be uh, available to see that when you leave today. At North Star, we exist as a church, just like to give you a little bit of who we are. We exist as a church so that those that are far from God will draw near to him through the power of Jesus Christ. And because of that, it is our vision at North Star to glorify God by making disciples of all nations. That means this nation and that nation. So that's, that's in our DNA. Um, I, I want to say a word about this. If you've gotten one of these, fine. If you've not, if, or if you'd like to know more about who we are as a church, these are free. You can pick these up at guest services at both of our campuses. And it just tells a little bit about who we are as a church. For example, it has our core, about our growth tracks, it talks about what the pathway to discipleship is, and it tells about different ministries of our church. So just be sure to get one of these uh, before, before you leave, before you leave. All right, we're going to get into the message. A couple of things real quick before we do. <clears throat> one is... First Saturday serve day, we do this the first Saturday of every month, and the next one is coming up, and we're going to be doing ministry at um, the North Mississippi Medical Center ICU waiting area for the families, and at Baptist Memorial. And if you are available next Saturday, please text the words SERVE to 493-2311, 493-2311, or you can sign up in, at guest services at both of our campuses. We'd love to have you to be a part of that. We're just going to try to be the hands and feet of Jesus to the families that are literally oftentimes camped out. If you've been to the ICU waiting, you know what I'm talking about. So we're going to provide some care bags and, and uh, a meal uh, on that particular day. So sign up for that. Time is ticking. So please sign up today, and uh, you'll be glad that you did, if you, if you can do it. Also, coming up next week is Orange Sunday. It's Orange Sunday, and we're pumped about that. Uh, we've been in a series called Four. We're for our neighbors. We're for our community, our world. And uh, today, I'll, I'll be talking about how we're for our people. And then next week will be Orange Sunday. You don't want to miss next Sunday, all right? And invite somebody. Say, look, Pastor T is going to be talking about uh, Orange I'm not sure what it means, but I'm going to tell you what it means so you don't have to say that. Orange is built on the concept that the heart of the family is red. You with me? The, the light of the church, the gospel, is yellow. And when the yellow and the red come together, it makes orange. And orange is about being difference makers. Being difference makers. I want to be a difference maker. Orange is about how we love our communities. It's how we love our neighbors. 
It's how we love our world. And I talked about uh, a couple of weeks ago, why bother? Well, just to reiterate, we bother because Jesus told us to bother. That's enough reason for me, all right? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bother. I'm going to learn how to be a good neighbor. And a neighbor is that person that God puts in your path, all right? It happened yesterday on the rare occasion. For me, it happened yesterday on the almost unreal occasion when I went to Walmart. If you know me very well, or if you've heard me talk very much, I I just don't go there, but, uh, uh, you know, Walmart, uh, anyway, um, so... On, the, on a rare occasion, I was at Walmart yesterday, and, and um, I was going to my car, and a, a little older lady pulled up, and she said, son, and I feel really good when somebody says son to me, all right? She said, son, could you just leave your basket, and, because I can't walk without it. And so, that's my neighbor. And so, uh, she tried to back up to get my parking place, but anyway, it didn't work, but she found one, and I was able to to go and give her my basket. Anyway, your neighbor is that person or people that God puts in your path. It's not just your next door neighbor or the person down the street. It includes them, but it's not just them. And so as we've been in this series talking about our, uh, that we are for, we we talked about last week that uh, we can learn to to cross racial, ethnic, social, economic, political boundaries and barriers in order to be the neighbor that God has called us to be. So that was the challenge for the church last week. Today, we're going to be talking about how we are for our people. Now, let me tell you why we're for our people. And I've really been looking forward to this particular talk because I want you to know As a senior pastor, I I want you to know that we're for you. But we are for you because God is for you. Does that make sense? I I mean, I'm thinking, if God's not for you, I'm sure not going to be for you. I don't like you that much. Right? No, I do like you that much. I don't know who I was looking at, but uh, I'm for you. Our staff is for you. Our volunteers are for you. Primarily because God is for you. One of my life verses is found in the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 3. Listen to this. Verse 20. Now to him. Who's him? God. Now unto him. Who's able? God is able. When you got a problem, who can fix it? God can fix it. When you're down and discouraged, who can lift you up? The only one, and that's God. Now unto him who is able to do immeasurably more than all that we ask or imagine. How? According. That, that's why I don't have a problem praying this prayer. In fact, I, I prayed this. I pray this scripture almost daily. I prayed it on, on the way in this morning, five o'clock. I said, God, you are able. <laughs> uh, so you're able to do exceedingly and abundantly. I think that's King James Version. Uh, I didn't quote this one, but now unto him who is able to do immeasurably more than all that we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory 
in the church, I love the fact that he's, he puts the word church in there because it tells us in the context in which this is being written. And in Christ Jesus, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. So, we are for you. And by the way, I'm part of you. It's just that I'm, I'm up here talking today, and, and I'm not down there with you, wherever you are, listening. Uh, but I'm part of you, but I'm the one talking, so I'm talking to you. Uh, the reason we are for you is because God is for you. In fact, in the Bible, uh, it talks about the church a lot, but later in chapter 5, it talks about how husbands, and well, I've used this to, to preach about husbands, how you need to love your wives, and maybe I need to preach that today for just a little bit, but husbands love your wives even as Christ loved the church. Wow. He compares the love of a husband to Christ's love for the church. Who's the church? We're the church. This is just a building. I really work hard at saying to my wife, where are you going? And I say, well, I'm, I'm going to the church. And I catch myself. I'm not going to the church on Saturday. Nobody's there. But I did come to the church building. And so this is a building. And we are the people. We are the church. And so Christ, uh, Paul said, husbands, love your wives even as Christ loves the church. And what did he do for the church? Husbands, what did he do for the church? He died for the church. He gave his life. He sacrificed for the church. So he talks about the church and how important the church is. Now, I want you to know we are, look, seriously. We started this church about 12 years ago, and uh, we're all about, okay, are you listening? We're all about telling people about Jesus, inviting people. And I want to challenge you right now to invite, 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 invite. We're all about evangelism. We are all about missions. Man, this is, I feel so at home at this church because this church, it's in the very DNA of this church to do missions. Uh, I love this church, and we are for, as a church, evangelism, discipleship. We're, we're about ministry. That's why we're doing first Saturday serve days. We're all about those things. We're about the Word of God. Can I get an amen in the house? Okay, we're about all these things, but the butt is coming. We're, we're about praying and we're about uh, being the hands and feet of Jesus. But don't, church, I'm talking to you. Don't you ever in your life think that we're not for you. Do you hear my heart today? Yeah, we're about ministry and evangelism and mission trips and Look, I'm all in, but don't you ever, for one second of your entire life, ever think that the staff and the pastors and the volunteers of this church called North Star Church, don't you ever think that we're not for you. So, well, that's, I kind of feel selfish thinking about it. I need this and I need this. Don't, you, don't worry about that. <laughs> uh, right now, don't be selfish, but I'm telling you that we're for you because Jesus is for you. I feel like preaching today. I might. I, I don't know. I might just talk a little bit and leave. But I think I'm going to preach today. Uh, 
see if you recognize this quote. If you do, I don't care. Just shout it out or don't shout it out. People next to you will think you're weird. And um, if you're in a, uh, a cafe or Starbucks listening online, uh, you, you might not want to shout this out very loud. They may take you away. All right, where does this quote come from? Are you ready? We must live together or die alone. Chicken. You know what it is. Say it out loud. Let me do it again. We must, we must live together or die alone. Where'd that come from? I know you don't want to be wrong, but you're not going to be wrong with me. I'll just ignore that you said anything and keep going. It came from Lost, for crying out loud. Did anybody not even watch Lost? Like when I had a, my first hip replacement, I watched the entire series. The whole thing. I didn't sleep much. And then when I had my second hip replacement, I did it again. There's medical terms for that. But anyway, the guy's name, does anybody know the guy's name now that I told you the answer? I'm just not feeling it today. I'm about done. It's the, it's the show Lost. And who said that phrase? Jack Shepard. Dr. Jack Shepard. Man, they were arguing and they were, you know, the plane had crashed on this deserted island they thought was deserted, but, but it wasn't deserted because this black smoke. Anyway, and they were, they were fighting among themselves. And, and Dr. Shepard said, look, we're going to have to live together or we're going to die alone. And the reason I shared that with you today is not because I was OCD about watching the thing three different or four different times <laughs> to feel normal. No, um, I felt pretty normal before I watched it. I felt abnormal after I watched it. It's because we've got to live together, church. Can I just be me today? Uh, because I'm one of you, but I'm the one up here. We got to live together or we're going to die alone. The writer in Second uh, Peter said, said this. He said, but, but grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. To him be glory, both now and forever. We have got to live together and grow together as the body of Christ. Now, if you're taking notes, and I hope that you are, would you just jot this down? I'm not to the message yet. Don't worry about the time. Um, I, I'll, I'll eventually get to the text, but would you write this down? You can be alive alone, but you can't thrive alone. You may say, Pastor Terry, I'm, I'm like an introvert. I'm kind of like you going to Walmart. I don't go out much. And um, listen to me. For you, this is biblical. This is built on the foundation of the church that Jesus Christ built. And that is that we've got to be together. We've got to do life together. You can be alive and breathing alone, isolated. And there's a danger in isolation. Church, I want to reiterate what I said a few weeks ago. The danger in isolation is that the devil is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. It's like a wolf, it says in the same passage. And like a deer would be separated from, uh, an antelope would be separated from the herd and a lion would go and attack it. 
There's a danger in being isolated. Just because you're in public doesn't mean that you're in community. And you, uh, let, me, let me say this about community. You may be in community in, in other ways outside of the church. That's good. That's healthy. But in the church, in the context of the church in which our passage was written today, it is so vital that we be in Christian community and church community. And so the passage that we're going to read today, if you have your Bibles, turn them on or turn them open, turn them open to the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 10, I'm going to start reading with verse 19. Are you glad you came to church today? Just somebody say amen. Amen. All right, good. Uh, Let me just give you some background about this. I'm going to be preaching from the book of Hebrews and uh, also in a couple of weeks. But the Hebrew people, the book of Hebrews was written to Hebrews. And uh, it was the Jewish people, it was the, the Jewish uh, people that had uh, accepted Christ as the, as the Messiah. And for a, a good period of time, they had enjoyed a uh, season of peace. And what I mean by that is, is that uh, they were, they, there had been persecution, and then there was a season. It's like uh, the persecution was little to none. And, and, and so, uh, but now they were in a season of persecution. You may have heard of the kind of persecution that happened in this era. They would feed Christians to the lions. That's why I don't like cats. It's biblical. Because they ate Christians. Uh, uh, Seriously. Uh, They would take, both of our campuses, we have these, these, uh, these poles that are holding the building up. And, um, they would take these poles and they would sharpen the ends of these trees or these poles and they would take Christians and stick them, impale them on those poles, pour oil on them and light the city. That's how bad persecution had gotten when the book of Hebrews was written. And so the context of the passage that I'm about to read, just before this, the writer talks about how Christ is the the sacrifice, how Christ is the ultimate sacrifice, meaning don't go back to, to you're discouraged, guys, I understand that, but don't go back to your old ways. The old ways were uh, offering sacrifices for the sins of the people. He said, you don't have to do that because Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice. He paid the penalty on the cross. It is the finished work of the cross. It is the blood of Jesus Christ. So don't go back to that. And then our text for today takes up in verse 19. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence in the most high, most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, opened up for us through the curtain that is his body. And since we have a great, high, a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, and with full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from guilty conscience, having our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold unswervingly to the hope that we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up, meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, all the more as you see the day approaching. 
Just as we dig into this, let me begin with this one simple statement. And I want you to say it with me out loud. You ready? We is better than me. All right? That was a chance to look at it. Now let's say it together. We is better than me. If If you're at Starbucks watching online, you might whisper it. But we, because you might get more we than you wanted to, we is better than me. The problem is, we're so busy. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, I'm thinking, you know, we started having kids. We had a kid. I was busy. Life is busy. I was a pastor, um, and I've always been busy. I've never not been busy. And another kid comes along, I'm busier. Another kid comes along, I'm at a different church, some more responsibilities, I'm busier. It never stops. I'm involved in this civic organization, I'm busy. It never stops. But what I have found is that in this busy life, that there is a disconnect that can happen. Oftentimes, have you ever as a parent thought, uh, I'm not going to survive this season of my kid's life? I know what you're talking about. I do. My kids were like that. You think you got bad kids? You should have seen my kids. They're bad. They're, uh, I'm not going to tell you which one. I've told this before. But we had this one kid, our kid, one of our kids. He was so bad, he kicked this lady in the nursery. I, I, I've got to tell this real quick. Um, he, he, he bit this girl in the face. Brought blood. Her name is Kimberly. He bit her in the face. The teacher got on to him. This is one of my kids. And I've already said it's a him. So uh, the teacher got on to her or him. And this 90-year-old lady probably 85 at the time, got on to him and said, don't you do that. And he said, shut up. Two and a half years old. Don't you tell me that I don't know what it's like. I do know what it's like. She said, I'm going to go tell your daddy. He said, come on, I'll show you where he's at. She put her, he opened the door. She put her leg across the door and he reared back and kicked her. So, uh, we'd go to pick him up after we did business with him. It was over a period of weeks before this behavior changed. And uh, thank God it, it finally changed. But yeah, I know what it's like to, uh, I think I was leading that up to say we, the last time we went to get him after we finally crossed that bridge, uh, he said, I was good today. And I uh, can't say that he's been good ever since, but uh, he's on the stage every Sunday. Anyway, um, I don't know where I was at with that. I don't guess it matters. So anyway, oh, we're busy. We're busy. And what I, what I have found even in my own life, and, you know, kids finally grow up. They go to school. They finally get out of school. They go to college. They get out of college. They get a job. They get married. They start having kids. They're out of the house. And, and I'm just telling you, the emptiness is great. You don't have to see a psychiatrist for that. Just talk to me. It's great. But life is still busy. And what, I often, what I often happens is we survive 
but in the midst of it, something in us dies. Oftentimes, I don't understand this, I don't really, I don't know how to predict it, but oftentimes within the context of community and in the body of Christ, that still happens. Every Sunday, somebody will come through the doors in our church and will feel disconnected like they don't belong. I'm here, if for no other reason today you came and I'm talking to you, you belong in the community of faith. And regardless if it gets difficult or the days are dark or you're depressed or you're having problems, we are for you in this church. Now, in this passage, real quick, I'm just going to give you five quick things. If you're taking notes, don't, you're, going, you're going to miss one if you're not listening because I'm going to talk about this passage for a little bit. There are five let us's in this passage. If you're taking notes, put number one. Here's the first one. Let us draw near to God. He talked about, I'm not going to reread it, but he talked about the, the veil. Did you, did you catch that? The curtain. What it was in the temple, there was a, a huge, ginormous veil that only the high priest could go behind. And what the high priest would go behind is once a year, he would go, let's pretend it's right here. He would go behind the veil and he would make atonement for the sins of all the people. It was really, it's a really interesting story. I haven't got time for it right now, but he, he would have a bells around his, his robe. You know what the bells were for? Because they jingled as he moved around. The significance of that, if they quit jingling, something had gone wrong. We're going to have to pull, he had a rope tied to his ankle. They would pull him out dead because God struck him dead because he was unclean or unfit. And if he stops jingling, they'd just pull him out. I guess they'd lift it up, pull, push somebody, I don't know how it worked. But anyway, that's what, that's what happened. And so the high priest would make atonement for the sins of the people. This tells us, and at the, at the cross of Jesus Christ, when Jesus was crucified, the Bible says that the veil in the temple rent. It tore from the top to the bottom, signifying that no longer do we have to go through a high priest to get to God. You don't have to go through me. I'll pray with you. But you sure, you don't have to go through me. Take a shortcut, man, go directly to God. We can enter boldly into the throne of grace. And so what he says here in this first one, he says, let us draw near. Now he's writing this. I want you to understand this. He's writing this in the context of community. Let us, let us. Not you should. It doesn't say you should. It says let us. Let us. He's talking in the, the, uh, from the perspective of community. He says let us. Us. He's talking to believers. They were ready to give up. He said, let us draw near to God. Now, church, listen. Look, I, it is so important that you have a private time with God. You should, and you ought to do it often. Spend time with God. Spend time in meditation. Spend, uh, spend time reading the Word. Spend time uh, praying. <coughs> It's so important that you do that on your own, reading the Bible. I, I like to bring uh, this Bible or a Bible like this to church, but, man, I'm on the Bible app all the time, every day. Uh, one of the very first things that I do every morning is, is on my uh, 
app is read the, the verse of the day. It's the first thing that I do. It's not the only time that I read the Bible during the day, but it's the one of the first things that I do. It's so important to do that privately. But he doesn't talk about private, uh, doing it in private. He said, let us, this is what I know. Please take the, write this in your notes. There is something dynamic that happens when we draw near to God together. There's something dynamic that happens. They're going to put that on the screen. There's something dynamic. I want you to write it down. There's something dynamic that happens when we come together as the body of Christ. You are important. We are for you. You want the second one? Okay. They were living in a season, had been living in a season of peace, but now is the season of persecution. There was no doubt that they were hurting. There was no doubt that there was depression. There was no doubt that there was a feeling of being defeated and, and being afraid. No doubt they were scared to death that they didn't want to be eaten by the lions. So he writes and he says, let us hold on to hope. That's the second one. Let us hold on to hope. The hope, that's the second one. Write that in your notes. Let us hold on to hope. The reality is there are times, no doubt, that in our own lives that we are discouraged. I get discouraged. Sometimes I feel defeated. I just have to claim the blood of Jesus Christ, the finished work of the cross, and say, oh, help me to think on pure things. Help me think, think on things of good report. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Just You name it, I'm starting to quote Scripture. And, but, but these people, there was a sense of hopelessness in their lives. So he says to them, let us hold on. You may have come to church today or listening today, and there's a sense of hopelessness in your life, maybe relationally, maybe in your marriage, maybe in your business, maybe in your finances, and there's just a sense, you know better, but you, there's a sense of hopelessness going on within you, and that's not of God. Because he is a God of hope. And he says, let us hold on to hope. Church, this is what we need to do. We need to realize that our hope is found in Jesus Christ. Our hope is found in Jesus Christ. Our hope is not in the stock market. Our hope is not in our business. Our hope is not in our ability. Our hope is not in, in people because people will let you down. Our hope, we need to realize our hope is in Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? All right, let me give you the third one. Uh, let us draw near to God. Let's hold, to, hold on to hope. Third, let us spur one another on. Felt very dramatic in how I said that. Spur one another on. Uh, back in this day, and, and even in our day, cowboys today, I grew up on a farm. We had horses and cows, and you name it, we had it. Everything but cats. And um, I had one set of spurs, because I didn't really need them with my horse. 
but a spur is that a sharp metal instrument that would spur the animal to make it go faster. The, animal, the horse is not going fast enough. You put your spur into him. I think that's inhumane, but anyway, it works. The horse will go faster. And so when he's writing this, he says, look, I know times are getting tough. I know persecution is taking place, but encourage one another. And church, when I tell you that we're for you, we're for encouraging you to become everything that God wants you to become. I talked about how we're for ministry, evangelism, fellowship, and we're for, but we're for you, don't forget it. But we're, we're so much for you that we want you to be involved in missions. We're so much for you that we want you to be involved in missions. We're so much for you that we want you to be involved in discipleship. We're so much for you that we want you to dig deep into the Word of God. So the writer says, oh, let us spur one another on. You know why he says that? This one phrase, we need each other. I need you, you need me. I, I do need you. You do need me. Look around this room, we need each other. Then the fourth one, he says, he doesn't actually use the word let us here, but it's a continuation of the previous thought. He says, let us keep meeting together. I don't know, man, I, I want to study this sometime. I, I've, I've tried to figure it out, but I have seen in all of these many years of ministry that when people People are plugged into church and then they, they have a marital problem or a financial problem or uh, some kind of a disagreement or something that's not exactly the way that they wanted it to be. They quit coming to church. I mean, you quit coming to this church. We don't want you to. But, but if you're not going to go to this church, for Christ's sake, go to another church and get, get involved. I don't want you to. I want you to be here. But I've seen people not even do that, that when there's a, a hiccup in life, they get out of church. Man, what is that about? I can't figure that one out. Man, it's the church is where, when I got problems, the church is where I, I get help and encouragement. Let's keep meeting together. He's, some of these people, they quit going to church because the persecution was happening. Because they were had gotten out of the habit of it. I don't know all the different reasons these people quit going to church. He said, man, let's don't quit. Let's not quit. Let's keep meeting together. I've, I've been a pastor for uh, I, I can't do the math while I'm talking. Uh, 30 Almost uh, 35 years. Let's just, that's right, 35 years. Uh, I've been to all kinds of churches. They've all been great churches. My favorite's North Star. I don't care which church I was the pastor and you were there, this is it. <laughs> this is my heart. But I've been to the smaller churches uh, early in my ministry. I, the kind that if you miss church, you know what I'm talking about? If you miss church, 
That blue hair lady's going to call you. Hey, just, just checking on you. See if you busted your gallbladder again. You doing all right? I, went to, I was at one church, a little blue-haired lady. I went up to her <coughs> before, before the worship service. She, she, she did love me. But this don't sound much like that she really loved me. But she looked at me. She, she said, Preacher, you're killing us. I don't know how to take that. She was referring to the fact that my first year at that church, I had 32 funerals. She was just joking. She said, man, you kill them. People start dying when you came. Now, that's a pick-me-up. That's an encouragement. You, you know why? Can I just talk to you for just a second? You know why you may have, this may be your experience or it may not be your experience. You might not have ever been in a small church. But you know why that those churches, they have their ups and downs just like everybody else. Well, oftentimes in those churches, your your in-laws go there or your uncle goes there or your brother goes there or your nephew goes there. And though you may not get along during a business meeting or someone didn't do something exactly right, and it, you kind of got miffed, but you hung in there. You know why you hung in there? Because it's family. It's, just, it's family. We're family. Now, you may look across the, the campus that you're attending, and you may not see anybody in the room that you're kin to. So, Pastor Terry, how does that smaller church and us, where I look around, I don't see anybody I'm kin to, what is that? What are you trying to say? I'm trying to say dynamite usually would not separate that church because they're, they're kin to each other. They're family. And this is what I want to say. They have skin in the game. And when you have skin in the game, there is nothing. Listen to me. When you have skin in the game, there is nothing that you can't get through. You know why? It may not be because your in-law attends this church. You may even give thanks to God for that. It may not be that you even have one relative in this church. You may have several. But the skin in the game with, with you and you and with, with you and us, the reason we're for you is because we're family. We're the family of God, the body of Christ, and every one of us is important in the body of Christ. Last, let us encourage one another. My wife tells me that I'm not always the most encouraging person. I differ with her on that, but I don't argue with her on that. Sometimes my wife, and uh, she's a little under the weather right now, please pray for her. When she tells me, Terry, you're not the most encouraging person in the world. She's talking about not how I encourage you. <laughs> she's talking about, look, this is a husband and wife thing, alright? She's talking about how I encourage her, because she don't Sometimes she sees, but most of the time she didn't know how I encourage you, except from the stage. 
we're for you. And the way that we're for you and that we're for each other is that we are here for each other to encourage one another. You going through a bad time? I know we're very private people. I am. I'm not going to be telling you all my business. It's not that way. But I need you. You need me. And at the end of the day, don't be a zipper outer. I coined that word during the first service. That's a very brand new one. A zipper outer. Don't zip out of here. Hang around here. I don't want to qualify that. I'm probably going to zip out of here today, okay? I've, just not, I've got to go take care of my wife. But don't do that. Hang, hang around. Get to know one another. So, well, I'm an introvert. Good for you. Half of us are. We need each other. Because we're the church. The church of the living Christ. Father, help us to do these five things. You may be here today thinking, you know, I realize that for the very first time in my life that I've never been saved. I don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. But today, I want to, I want to pursue that relationship. The good news is, God's already been pursuing you. He's just waiting on you. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. I want you to know, first of all, that it's not repeating words that saves you. It's Jesus that saves you. It's, it's putting your trust in Him as Savior, the finished work of the cross, and repenting and turning to Him. That's what saves you. But you can articulate it like this. Dear God, today, I'm a sinner that needs a Savior. God, today, I believe Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins. And He rose again on the third day. Today, I repent. I turn from my sins. And I turn to You, Lord Jesus. Come into my life. I put my trust in You. And I follow You today. If you made that decision or declaration from your heart, I want you to do this. You, you, you received a listening guide when you came in. If you didn't, there's a card in front of you. And I want you to fill it out and say, today I began a relationship with Jesus Christ. You can just check it. That's all you have to do. Maybe your prayer today is, God, help me as a believer not to lose hope, not to give up, not to quit. but help me to become who you created me to become. I'm going to ask that everybody please stand with me. I just want to pray for you. Both of our campuses, please stand. Father, in the name of Jesus. I don't know if anybody else needed this or not, God, but today I needed it. And I just pray that in these closing moments of worship, that we would just we would not think about what time it is or where we got to go or where we're going to eat. It may be, God, that today in this closing moment that you want us on our face before you, kneeling at this altar or at our seat, but God, today, let this be a day that we recommit our lives and 
restore that passion in us to be the people that you've put us here to be. Thank you, God, that this church is for so many things, but God, that this church is for the people, your people. And I pray, God, that you would bless these closing moments. God, we love you, and we thank you for the opportunity to come here today and just to to fellowship with you and with each other. In Jesus' name that I pray.